about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game, you're feeling the growth. That's it's time on the map, we put in the work, believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art, now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 31 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. This is Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. What's up? Uh, I got my sweet new jeans from Origin uh, in today, wearing them on the podcast. For those of you watching, you can see my uh, sweet new blue jeans. They're made right here in America. Mm-hmm. With all American materials, with American sweat, tears, hopefully no blood. I don't see any blood stains on it. But, uh, hopefully no tears. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe some. Uh, but so I'm stoked about that. How do they feel? Uh, they are they are jean material and a little around the cuff since I'm wearing my flip-flops. They're a little bit abrasive around right. the cuff, but otherwise very nice. Awesome. I don't wear jeans. Ever. No. Uh, f- for the audience, Phil Phil wears pretty consistently black jeans, gray or black sneakers, and a dark gray, black, or blue shirt. Right. And you said jeans. They're never jeans. I never wear jeans. Those aren't jeans. Are those no. khakis? Are they're, they're called chinos. Oh, chinos. Yeah, I don't know. Chinos, like a, yeah. Yeah, like a like khaki type material. I like that word, chino. Yeah, it's more comfortable. Hmm. Like it would be short for a very strong caffeinated drink, chino. Yeah, hey, I'll take a chino with yeah. cream. Perfect. Maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> Possibly. So anyway, um, that's what you're going to wear on Thursday. On Thursday? Yeah, to no, to no gi. Yeah, oh, for sure, 100%. Yeah, okay. They may, yeah, why wouldn't I? Well, training for your street fights. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay. Legs is, Legs is going to be so jealous. Yeah. He really wanted a pair of these. Makes sense. Jocko jeans. Yeah, exactly. Jocko's wearing them right now, too, probably. Who knows? Probably. I like it. So, Philly, uh, this first part of our uh, podcast is kind of dedicated to one of our favorite groups, the Jiu-Jitsu group on Facebook. Yeah. Can't get enough. <laughs> no, can't get yeah. enough of that craziness. Uh, but a white belt rode in and felt like she was not valued. Would you say that's fair? Maybe treated... Not, not treated... With the utmost respect, or or kind of treated badly uh, in the post specifically, is what yeah. she said. It was just taken a little too personal. Yeah, for sure. Jokes and stuff. Um, it's hard for me to relate because I make fun of myself a lot. So. Yeah, I make fun of you a lot too. Yeah. Uh, but but, I, you know, if she's talking about meme generation, folks, you just got to get over that. 
right? I mean, if it's funny, if it's a funny meme about a white belt, you got to be able to laugh at yourself, right? Because it's probably true. Yeah. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah. I like, I like, there's obviously a lot of stuff I don't know, you know, with jujitsu, but I like how. A lot. The more we become self-aware, you said it to John the other night, like, as he was demonstrating with you, that he includes new details, you know. <laughs> he doesn't. He I've, seen, does I've seen the memes. Like, as we realized that that was a recurring thing, like, we'd hear a new detail and then realize he's always saying that. Like, there's no way you can know that before you see it. Every time he says all of the details, yes. So, you know, as we've become aware of that, that's become, like, a joke, running joke, uh, when we hear the same detail that we thought was new the fifth time we heard it. But, uh, like, you see... I'm maybe a little higher on that, maybe 10th time. I've seen the memes where it's like a white belt or blue belt is telling the instructor like, oh, this is the way I like to do it when, you know, they're trying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you can't laugh at that. That's ridiculous, but yeah. 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 If, yeah, you, you, you've got some, that's a you problem if, if you can't laugh at it. But now, having said that, you know, I do want to kind of address and take seriously, you know, the white belts are to be valued in the academy and yeah there's going to be a lot of them to drop off and yeah I kind of joke and say I don't learn their names till at least they get one stripe I don't do that but you kind of get what what that is all about um, but they serve as a valuable training tool for us right and they're the lifeblood of the academy because they're you know the academy can be fiscally profitable because of those white white belts because there's a lot more of them then there are blues, purples, browns, or black belts, right? And so we need them to keep the academy running and and also um, to provide valuable training. And so, you know, if you're in an environment where, you know, you're constantly ridiculed as a white belt, I would say get the hell out of that environment. You know, go somewhere where... They're going to treat you with respect and, and the same respect that, that anyone in the academy should be giving any other person regardless of their rank. Yeah. Also, do that with most other places in your life. If, you know, really? Like... You can take an on-the-mat lesson off-the-mat, Phil? Are you... That's sounds really familiar. I forget which podcast that's from. It's BJJ Brick. Podcast. Great podcast, by the way. Sounds like AJ's, too. Anyway... She did do, yeah. In a similar section. But yeah, um, I feel like that doesn't apply because like, I pretty much only make fun of my friends. Like If I don't feel like I'm close enough that you're going to know I'm joking, I, I, try and, I feel like, you know, don't take that overly personal. Yeah, but Phil, but I, I mean, like you've got like, like three that. friends. That's true. I mean, so they know you're joking. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. But yeah, and... I don't know, I guess um, that's who's going to be your better training partners is the new people. Like, I guess it's hard for me to see it through the eyes of somebody who's been training like six or seven years. But, you know, the newer people are going to probably be some of your better training partners down the line. You know, it's going to take time for them to be, you know, maybe a challenge jujitsu-wise, but... Um, you're gonna need those people. That's yeah. I don't. Plus, I always say, 
it's always better when there's more people. Like, I think there's, there's always benefits to rolling with you and like the same people that I always roll with because I think it, um, benefits in other ways, which I think we're going to kind of touch on in a minute, but, um, like that's kind of going to push you to change and, and adapt when you're rolling with the same person all the time. But rolling with new people is number one, super fun. And then it kind of always lets you see new looks because everybody that you train with all the time, you kind of know what they're going to do or try to do, you know, and you kind of get a, you can almost kind of get into like a rut, I guess, like training with the same person. If like neither person is, uh, forcing a change or going outside comfort zone to try to just do something weird that doesn't normally happen. You can kind of do the same thing all the time. Yeah. And you can get stagnant right whenever you're rolling with that, that person and, you know, not have a variability of positions, right? Get stuck in one position because you, you know that they're close in skill level and, you know, it was, what was it? Kit Dale, Kit Dale was the one who posted it rolling yeah. with the same training partners makes you evolve. And man, I mean, I, I was like this with a couple different people in our school and, and then it was, all right, so I'm locked in closed guard. What if I don't care about that locked in closed guard? What if, you know, what if I don't try my best to prevent the pass and then work on options outside of that pass to recover guard, to sweep or to defend, uh, to get top position, to escape, to get top position, and then work your game. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. And, and, you know, specifically there are three or four people you included in that that have made me get better at a lot of different positions because I didn't want to do the same things over. I didn't want to just get past guard and Kimura over and over. Mm-hmm. That, I love doing that. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it is maybe if I have one strength in my game, that may be my one strength. Or one, profi- I won't say strength. Let's just say one proficiency in my game. That, that is my one proficiency is that, that Kimura. I really like it. I'm, I, I love doing it. But I, I don't do it so that I can do other things. And whenever we're in those different positions, it gives me an opportunity to learn, to hone what what new skills I'm working on. So, so yeah, I mean, you and your partner have to constantly evolve. And if you find yourself getting locked into those positions, just get over that mental block and, and you know, either let them pass or let them go through that position so that you can move on to the next position. And guess what? If, if that happens and they, they submit you, who cares? Right. It's training. Yeah. I know the mental blocking is funny. We've been talking about it a lot because, uh, I've been saying, I think since Thanksgiving that I wanted to leave the closed guard. It's, May and you just started like two weeks ago. Following year, and uh, yeah, so it started with the nogi training, I think, because I didn't have my grips and stuff. I didn't, I didn't want to be bottom close guard so much because the thing I like to do with the collar isn't there, you know. So that forced, I want to say it forced me, but it just kind of like I just naturally did it because the, 
it wasn't as incentivizing um, because I was being more competitive than I realized apparently, trying to be in the closed guard all the time. So that started forcing me out. I think what really kind of got me past the mental block was actually when we had like the spring break week, which was also a week my neck was bothering me. I took like three or four days off in a row, which I don't do a lot. Right. Coming back to that, I think I told you that Sunday was the first time I had rolled in like three or four days. And I was like, I surprisingly felt like I was moving really good. And I didn't even realize at that time, it was now like two weeks later that I've realized that I'm doing some different things and like actively trying to get on top during a roll. Not actively trying to get on top during a podcast and then rolling the same way I've been doing for six months, but like not so much, you know, think or maybe thinking about it while rolling, but like more aggressively trying to get on top and then actually getting on top. And it's, it was interesting that like taking a few days away was what got me past the mental block that I've been in for months. Yeah, like six months. Yeah, or the entire time I did jujitsu, either one. <laughs> and and, and uh, I want to kind of rewind because I think that's a good point too. Another point is that, um, you know, and this is both you and I, I wasn't particularly interested in no yi. Right, yeah. You know, I wasn't. And then I was like, you know what? Man, jiu-jitsu is fun. Why not try all the aspects of it? Gi, no gi, whatever. And we kind of both did that. And, man, I've really, I've really enjoyed it. And, again, that facilitated that, that change of going from all basically gi to, to doing no gi. Even it was, that was something that we had in our mind. We were predisposed, predisposed maybe not to wanting to do it. I think getting over that hurdle and just doing it, it it, it does make your game evolve. Both both sides, both mm-hmm. sides, both gi and no gi. Gi will make your no gi game evolve. No gi will make your gi game evolve. I think. Yeah, it's, I think it all helps everything, and it's just it's just funny. I was in a deeper, like mental rut than I even realized. Trying to trying to do the stuff and just recently making noticing changes or whatever not a bad thing it's just is what it is but that was funny but again it's it comes back to like who are you, who who are you working on those new things with and that's usually newer people that you know and we always say we try to get everybody to at least try jujitsu because it changed our lives it's the best sure. thing that we can do and like you were telling me earlier you got another family going or you were telling me you don't learn their names till they get one stripe that's people don't realize like you're like half joking but that's for your own safety because jeff takes it extremely personal when people stop coming extremely <laughs> personal <laughs> i facebook stalk them for, for well actually with alan it's been years now that i facebook stalked him whenever he started as one of my early training partners jeff will refuse to quit on getting people to come back and like just you know uh harass them on their Facebook posts like, hey, how you doing, Miss Yet Jiu-Jitsu? <laughs> I, folks, I do. I do that. That's, that so is there's, very true. So there's a reason he's trying to uh, emotionally protect himself from getting uh, invested in somebody's Jiu-Jitsu future. But, uh, <laughs> but you need to, you know, kind of to go back, I guess, or tie, wrap it up, whatever. But you need new people to train with, and everybody should try it anyway. So I... And I guess probably comes down to people's ego when they start to think you're really good and you kind of forget that you sucked. You know, yeah, I don't forget when that. You started. Yeah. But, you know, and 
also you suck now because there's always yeah. somebody who's going to just beat the crap out of you. Yeah, that's that's true. There's always someone out there better, unless you're Hicks and Gracie, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but but no, kind of tying off that that into the uh, or not into the white belt discussion, but the uh, that discussion. It was um, you know whenever you're rolling with a white belt, yeah. That again, what we go back to the um, quote from. Rafael Lovato Sr., where you train 50% for you and 50% for your training partner. And remember yeah. that whenever you're rolling with a white belt. I had the opportunity this week um, to roll with one of our new white belts who just got in 10 classes and was able to stop, start rolling again. Dan, and, you know, um, I don't know that I was necessarily like this, but I've heard and seen posts where people are really, they're really scared to start rolling that first time. They don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I remember that feeling, not knowing what the hell to do. But yeah. it did, I wasn't scared, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and um, you know, by the way, if you get paired up with the new person to roll, there's a reason that your professor paired you up with them. They know that you're going to, at first, be safe with yourself. And then be safe with that other person. You know, they, they know that. And and also, you know, with that first role, just let them move around. Get a feel of what it is. I mean, there's no, you know, again, 50% for you, 50% to your training part for your training partner. And just let them move around. Let them get familiar with what base looks like. Give small inputs to show them Hey, here's what it here's what it feels like whenever you're not postured up, right? I can I can break your posture with just a small leg motion, right? Give small inputs and 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 go really slow. And what I what I emphasized was just like what John emphasized to me whenever I started, which was just breathe. You know, you don't you don't know what you're gonna do. You you're yeah. not gonna know it for a while. I definitely remember the deer in the headlights look because I. I think most people are more scared, uh, like socially than like physically. You know, just because you feel. No, you feel no, like agreed. Like, I don't mean yeah. physically. Okay. I, I think everybody okay. knows that it's okay. a safe. Sorry, I, I should have clarified. Yeah, but I think everybody knows it's that, a safe training environment. But. That panic aspect of not knowing what to do, and what I've noticed with new newer people is, is from the kids' class, less is more. You know, like. If I'm like, oh yeah, remember that guard pass or what guard pass do you know? It's like uh, they're thinking too much. Whereas it's like, try to get on top or get past the legs. It's a lot, you know. They're going to do the natural things that you're like, oh, you would normally want to try to get past. You know, if I tell them that, then they're thinking of how they would want to do it versus get past somebody's legs to get on top. It's it's makes more sense to them. Yeah. And... And now that I think about that, that maybe that advice that I gave, breathe, relax, is probably not the greatest because they're like, how am I going to breathe and relax whenever, you know? I don't well, know they need I'm to, doing. yeah, they need to do that too. I mean, if they're freaking out, it's no good for anybody, I guess. Yeah, try to try to prevent them from freaking out, I guess, is kind of your job, right? Yeah. You know, so, so um, very good. And just to, to, to move further on to the... Um, John Denneher had a post, I think it was on Instagram, and, uh, you know, he said, what, 
Henzo's advice to him when he was a white belt. I wonder when that was. What year that was that he was a white belt? Uh, it was it was nineteen ninety three. Perfect. Thanks, Phil. Phil made that statistic up on the spot. Just that was like a UFC year, right? I kind of just ninety three. Yeah. Okay. So probably. Probably. He was a bouncer and stuff, so it was in that time frame. True. And so Henzo told him that your responsibility is not to get your ass kicked as a white belt. I think that's always. That's your first responsibility is don't get your ass kicked. Don't get your ass kicked. Yeah, that's that's not as a white belt. Henzo's a pretty pretty good jujitsu guy. Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the uh I think this might be us reading it different again too. Probably. So I took I took away like your plus I always think of it from a smaller guy's perspective. Where I could like always out jujitsu somebody who's brand new, but if they're a hundred pounds more than me, it's not gonna matter a whole lot, you know? If right. they just kind of fall on top of me and lay there and I can't get out, right? Right. It's, so I always think about that first of just in general, don't get your ass kicked. The I the don't get your ass kicked is like your responsibility as a white belt because you're learning, you know, jujitsu in the first place. That I've seen that like in, in different. Do you call them motivational memes and stuff online? Like when you see like an inspirational one. Yeah, inspirational, motivational, sure. Yeah, those things where it's like trying to remind people that that's what's going to happen when you're new because you do get better as you learn. So. Um, but yeah, I, I took it, I think, a little differently of don't get your ass kicked in general. Kind of in the offense versus defense discussion is protect yourself first. And then because of that, you can move into an offensive attacking kind of. Well, and he, he did actually mention that in the article, which was, you know, if prompted, what would you like to learn a new way to escape a situation or a new move for submission? And he, he said, uh, John Danner said, yeah, give me the escape any time, you know, because while they focus on the submission part, you can't have a, you can't have that game and take that risk unless you're very good at defending those risky areas. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right on that. Yeah, because that, going back to the whole idea of, the submissions are eventually going to show up as long as you don't lose the fight. Yeah. Like, you know, right. if you know one, you'll eventually get there as long as the other guy can't submit you. Yeah. Supposedly. You're right. You're right. So, um, let's go to a topic that, Phil, you and I are maybe a little more familiar with, and that is, that is looking at the transition from white to blue belt. Mm-hmm. Right? Whenever you, because you, you got yours, what, four, your blue belt four or five months ago? Yeah, five months ago. Five months ago. Um, Give me your thoughts on your transition. Um, That's a weird question, I guess. Kind of just, that's a super weird question. So... So I'll start yeah, yeah. by saying, you know, you see all the memes of the target on the new blue belt's back, right? You know, we're in the blue belt maf- mafia group and you see all those memes. Um, you know, I think obviously it is healthy in some respects to to have that target on your back for that 
being that new blue belt because you have to grow into that belt, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the 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 people coming up, they're they're going to want to, you know, try to prove something to that blue belt. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but it's just the fact of the matter, you know. So, so transitioning can be hard for some people. I, again, whenever whenever I got my blue belt, I it wasn't. It wasn't that monumental of a. I don't want to minimize it. It wasn't. It comes that, with internal. Like you're not ever. I feel like comfortable because you never feel like you're good enough. Right. Because you know where you suck the most. Other mm-hmm. people may never see it. Right. I think that's a big. I think that's a big issue. I think the target on the back. Is more internal because. When do you roll with somebody when they like aren't trying? Like I guess there's people who can turn it up a little bit, you know, or they might try a little harder, but or is it you're trying a little harder because you're trying to defend it, you know? Cuz yeah. you, you feel like now you have a blue belt, you shouldn't ever get caught to a white belt or something like that. It's just doesn't defend, seem practical. defending your belt, yeah. right? That's you know, and, and and I think it was on the BJJ Brick podcast whenever they asked the question to the, the belts, six yeah. black belts do you think what how big of a part of defending your belt is that and, and I don't think any any one of them said it was any big part at all so if black belts are saying you know world renowned black belts are saying that's not really a consideration yeah obviously you want them to be competent but they they that's not a big consideration whenever they're doing that no like i'm gonna get tapped to white belts all the time sure. because i put my head down the people are gonna just grab my head and i don't always get it back i thought you always kept your head up phil no okay. no i don't so i put my head down and people grab it so you don't always keep your elbows in either no nope. those are very much away from me mm. very far okay. I'm constantly trying to hug <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that happens all the time and then if you get into that it goes right back into not learning because you're not trying new stuff because you're too worried about winning. Yeah. Which is, you know, what you're going to do because that's how it works in your head, but shouldn't be the goal. You know, yeah. you should be actively trying to do new things. Yeah. So what do you win in a role? In it. Huh? It. You just win it, you know. You win you it? You win. Hmm. All right. Seems weird. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. The the and it also the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. So then you start realizing like I guess the gap is getting bigger. I used to be able to look back like a month ago and be like, Man, I didn't even know this existed a month ago. Now that gap is getting a little bit longer, you know, where it's like when I look back the four or five months or so to when I got the blue belt to where I am now. I feel like a different person, but you know, it's looking now. It's I still see, you know, in regards to learning the open guard stuff. I've not really made any progress there. It feels like I'm sure I have, but it feels like I haven't made a whole lot of real progress there, and I don't get there all the time, you know. So I still have to deal with the the reality that you know I'm not very good at jujitsu, so I don't get to dictate the position all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. But 
I don't know. It's, that's a that's an interesting question. The transition to to blue belt with new people. I there's now I'm not the newest one anymore. Um, that's true. Yeah. So there's that, but. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of new blue belts at our academy, right? And and I, I think it's a, a, important to point out that that in transition, I mean, there's there's different responsibilities that you have at blue belt, right? You know, white belt. There's a lot of defending involved and probably not much attacking at blue belt. You're going to have to you know start learning those attacks and start actively pursuing those attacks more. But but more importantly. You, you have more of a responsibility. Every time you go up and belt, your responsibility to your academy kind of grows, I, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, and those pe- new people walking in the door because, you know, you're going to see at our academy anyway, you know, some some uh, a purple belt, a brown belt, uh, maybe another black belt, a couple brown belts on, on the in the room. But what you're mostly going to see are those what, twelve or fifteen blue belts that we have now? I don't know how many, mm-hmm. maybe more blue belts, and 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 you know whether you know it or not. I mean, I I certainly did. I looked up whenever I was a white belt. I certainly looked up to the blue belts that were yeah, in, our, in our academy, and and kind of looked to them for for guidance. Mm-hmm. And so now, whenever you transition, you are that person who people are going to be looking to guide, to guide them uh, if they're new. Yeah, and that goes back to, I think, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. So then you kind of get insecure about what you do know because you're you're like all these details that you kind of screw up, that you kind of forget or whatever. But for somebody who's less than six months into jiu-jitsu, the amount of knowledge you have is most blue belts have is like infinite compared to somebody who doesn't know anything. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and, and you know, that, that brings me to the next point in that one of your responsibilities is that, is that new blue belt or blue belt in general is to help with the folks that are brand new coming in. And, and there's a really significant benefits to that. A you're, you're helping the Academy by, putting a, a, a positive um, attitude out there with the new white belts, with your enthusiasm that you have to train with them, and also with being able to guide them whenever you're paired up with them in the in the technique portion of, you know, whatever fundamentals class that you're you're going to, that A, that that teaches you to kind of teach, right? Because yeah, I mean, how many times have you, I mean, to this day, you, you know, we see a technique and you go back and you're like, I don't, I don't remember any of that. Well, now, since you're paired up with that white belt, you're like, God, I got to, I really have to remember these techniques, you know, I, I, whereas before maybe someone else that was paired up with you, they, you know, they were always going first because the higher belt goes first mm-hmm. with the, with the drilling. And, and so being able to, to teach those techniques is going to help you better understand those techniques in your mind, right? To those newer people, I would say maybe even more beneficial to you to get someone brand new to do those techniques on uh, than it would be to have someone that was, you know, much better than you doing the techniques. You might not get as much out of that 
that instruction. Mm-hmm. So, I just think it's I think it's important that that you share that knowledge, and it also makes you better. Agreed. And next, you know, whenever you transition, you are taking that leadership role and you are responsible responsible for that, the culture in your academy. And that culture comes from top down, right? The culture yeah. comes from top down and that, that you know, um, it doesn't matter if you're self-defense or, or a competitive academy, the culture comes from top down. And that is that, you know, treating everyone with respect, being kind and really welcoming and that's the environment that, that everyone wants to train in, right? Yeah. Well, and too, I, like, I'll never forget, like, Christmas last year, I wanted to train really bad, you know? And there was nobody to train with because it was Christmas. And I'm like, this sucks. You know, luckily that happens once a year as opposed to that could happen a lot more if you don't have, you know, new people and a lot of people. We trained train the day after Christmas, Phil. Yeah. But I remember on Christmas, watching some instructional videos first thing in the morning. That was really stupid. Really, really stupid. got me amped up to do jujitsu, and it didn't happen that day. You know. You texted me no less than twenty times asking if I. I'm like I'm on my way back from West Virginia. I'm not. Hurry up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that could be. That could happen more often. From what I understand, it used to happen all the time. It was there wasn't as many people doing it, and that could, you know, possibly happen again if you don't have people wanting to train at your place or especially train with you if you're not being a good partner and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. So anyway, I I think we kind of. Covered that subject, with the exception of, I will say this, you know, and I was talking with one of the new blue belts um, in our academy, and and he, he, he'd he always, whenever he was a white belt, he was like, it's it's my job to defend. And then he came to me, and it was Wednesday, I believe, after class, and he's like, it's my job to start attacking now, isn't it? I was like, yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, so I thought that was really good. I think that's a realization that everybody needs to make at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was really appreciative of that. Uh, anything else, Phil? On that? Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of a broad subject, I guess. Also, I still think it's too early for me to reflect on it. Like It's five months. It's not too early. I don't know. That's like, the most appropriate time for you to reflect on it. I don't think so. It is. I'm like... Four percent into being a blue belt, so give it some time. <laughs> Five months, you're, Phil. You're pushing it. I just swept somebody from the clothes guard like two days ago. Calm down. <laughs> Let me figure some stuff out over here, and then I'll come back and talk about it. I don't like that answer. Yeah. Wow. Very good, though. Um, so anyway, Phil, tell them, tell the listeners how to support us. Um, patches are coming soon. Yes. Unfortunately, you're not going to have those in time for the competition. That would be good. Oh, well. Uh, t-shirts, Instagram follows, Facebook. Um, we're going to make a group here. It's very soon. 
for us to share the memes with because I text Jeff probably five or 12 memes a day. I don't know. Possibly. Uh, back and forth. Um, so we'll just try to get a group up going with that and, and whatever. Um, and since your phone can't uh, doesn't have enough memory to save any of the memes, I have to save all of them in my special album of BJJ memes, of which there is like 7,000. Like he he's acting like he didn't have this folder before he even met me. <laughs> and then, uh, so we got Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and I think that's about it. Well, I want to give a shout out to our premier sponsors mm -hmm. and... One of them, my BJJ notes, uh, great app for taking notes. Notes are super important. Um, so really, really good app for that. Uh, also want to give a shout out for um, Green Compass. Green Compass CBD products. They sell um, creams, CBD oil. It's, uh, you know, locally made here in North Carolina. It's independently uh, tested. There's a lot of CBD, you know, CBD is blowing up out there and there's a lot of uh, places that aren't, you know, kind of more reputable. Green Compass is a very reputable CBD company and you can believe that whenever you get something from Green Compass, they're going to, they're go it's going to be a good product and have the, the appropriate levels of CBD that you need for that. Uh, so give a shout out for them. We have a we have a place on the uh, website that you can order those. Prompt, right, we can order them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you click the thing and it'll take you right to the page to buy stuff. Yeah, cool. and I started putting the cream you said on my fingers. So I'm gonna see if I can stop cracking my fingers, and I'm also gonna see if they stop feeling like I'm 400 years old. Yeah, I mean, good job today not doing that during the uh, podcast. So. Um, We'll see how this see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, and what's hey? Wrap it up, Jeff. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're bringing in a hook for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have have uh, the competition tomorrow. this Saturday tomorrow. And what time are you gonna get there? By the way, because it says blue belts at five p.m. and I feel like you're gonna be a little earlier than that. Well, we have to weigh in by one. Okay, I was thinking I'm probably gonna leave around like. 10 or something from no that's exactly what I was thinking okay yeah but uh, so we'll have a podcast after that and I think Phil's gonna uh, do some video maybe a video documentary some matches and stuff yeah yeah so we'll have plenty of content up so uh, the other thing is you know if you do jujitsu and you have friends who do jujitsu maybe share the podcast with those people that so would be a good grow. idea and reviews and stuff on iTunes if you can that can be such a pain. I've tried to do it. It's, I don't know. It should be easy. You tried to review the BJJ Campaign podcast? I've tried to review podcasts before, and it's difficult. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I get that. I get that. Uh, so, guys, if you're not out there trying to do something better with yourself each and every day, get out there and do it. You know, Phil and I choose jiu-jitsu. We hope you do, too. Right now, get them hyped right now. Yeah, you know the ground is up. Yeah, everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah, so let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Right. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the map. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.